Hi, welcome to NDE TV. I'm Peggy Robinson. Today's guest is, I gotta look, I gotta not remember your name, Rosa, and she's in New Zealand. And so we might have a little bit of technical difficulty, but I think we'll get through it. And so you can just start wherever you like, Rosa. Yes, uh, my name's uh, Rosa Somoshvalvi, and I've just come to share my near-death experience with you. Um, it was in the year 2000, uh, just before Christmas, and um, I was 23 or 24 then, so it's going back a wee bit now. Um, so... Um, at that time, you know, I was going through quite a hard time in life. And um, I'd been through something traumatic just before my near-death experience. Um, and I just had this emptiness inside of me. And um, I remember my friend wanted to get in contact with me that I went to high school with. And... Um, we were about 15, 14, 15 when we met each other. Um, and her and her boyfriend um, said, we're coming to the West Coast and uh, we'll come and visit you. And um, when they arrived, uh, they, they offered me um, a, a drug. And I asked her, you know, is this, and I, and because I, had that pain inside of me I, I just wanted to cover that pain with something so um and you know I wasn't a drug user as you know constant drug user it was just rec like a recreational user sometimes um and um she she offered me this drug um and later when I researched the drug, I found out that actually she'd given me enough to kill about nine people. So there was probably nine doses in there, uh, enough to probably kill nine people. Um, what, what they told me was it was a pretty harmless drug and you'll, you'll be okay because I asked them if it was safe and if um, anyone had died from it. First, I wanted to know, is this safe, what they're giving me? And she assured me, you'll be okay. Uh, not many people had died from this. It's usually from overheating. So she gave me like uh, enough ecstasy to kill nine people. Um, and um, what I, uh, we decided to go out and get drinks from the bottle store. Um, I, I had one other friend with me, her and her boyfriend, one friend, and I, I had another friend turn up later on. Um, we went out to the bottle store and she'd given me this tablet, but there's many doses in that one. It, like what they gave me was this strongest um, dark purple tablet and when I researched it you know they they had really like um, they gave me more than one 
when I got to the bottle store, I noticed my eyeballs, like everything was flashing like strobe lights. So my normal vision was flashing like strobe lights. And I knew there was something wrong there. She said, oh, you'll be all right. Just put your sunglasses on. And um, uh, we got home. And that's when I got really, really thirsty. And I went to the tap. I wasn't feeling well. Um, I just drank and drank from the tap, like straight out of the tap. And then I started to feel really sick. And I felt like I had to go and curl away somewhere. Um, I had to go and lie down and by the time I got to the bedroom I was feeling pretty sick um, and so I lay down and it went dark for a minute and um, after that sort of darkness it was like I curled up into fetal position and everything went dark and the next thing I saw was I was up on the ceiling in the um, corner of the ceiling looking down sorry just a minute honey you have to go out because I'm doing a video recording so go out with Clara I'll be out soon okay honey good girl sorry um, she's they're having a day off school because it's teachers only day and um yeah but um sorry about that that's okay my granddaughter did that to me the other night yeah they're just watching cartoons but um um what happened next was i was in the corner of the ceiling sort of back by the door and i was looking down um, and I was looking down on my body, um, but I didn't connect it in myself that that was my body. It just looked strange, uh, sort of alien to me. And I could see that I was curled up in fetal position and my friend was sitting beside my body, looking down at my body, though... I noticed she gave no indication to do resuscitation and I can see that my body skin color, the skin color of the body on the ground was turning a dark color already. So uh, the skin tone was sort of darkened. Um, the I could hear her thoughts. Um, I could hear everyone's thoughts, you know, in the afterlife. I could hear as if they were speaking audibly. So it's like when you step across the veil, the other entities can hear thoughts. So your spirit being, your soul, can hear everyone's thoughts on the other side, which was quite unusual. And I just heard her say, I better go and get something out of the car. And the next thing I knew, I just shot up at lightning speed. I was looking down and I was going up, up, up so fast. Um, it was just incredible speed going up. And as I was looking down, I can see someone walking on the street. I can see like the roofs getting smaller, like matchboxes. 
And I just had this thought, um, how am I going to find my way back? And as I thought that, I came down beside a can in the front of my yard and I thought I'd better go back in. And when I thought it, I was in the hallway. I was back in and I went back into the lounge and I sat down beside my friend and for some reason I didn't click on that I was dead. Like I just thought I was still alive. I was, um, yeah, it was strange because I didn't really understand that I had died and um, I was sitting looking at her. She was so in you, the lounge. You went, wait, as I say, I didn't to go see up. her. I'm sorry. You were starting to go up like in speed, but then was mm-hmm. back. You were you were going like lightning speed. Was you going up? Yeah, I went up. Yeah, I went through the ceiling. I went through the ceiling of the bedroom and I went up so fast. And I remember thinking I'm flying, you know. Um, it didn't strike me as strange. Um, I didn't realize I was dead. I just thought, um, how am I going to find my way back? And I was a bit worried that if I go away from here, how am I going to find my way back? And the minute I, you know, I thought that thought automatically it brought me back down into my front yard beside a can in my front yard by the washing line and um yeah I found myself back inside when I thought you know I have to go back inside I found myself back inside and then I I found myself in the lounge with my friend who'd been beside my body before who was thinking I have to go and get something out of the car yeah and I was in in front of her, and I noticed that her soul slightly came out of her body. And when her soul came out, I could see the silver cord that attaches us to life. And it was the most uh, striking silver color, you know, I'd never, ever seen on this earth before. And it was, you know, like lines of silver around her around her spirit soul and that came out and when I saw it come out it uh it's I was just taken aback at it's at the beauty of that and I says wow I seen your I saw your soul and it's like it she came out her soul came out and as if she was having a wee look around. It was weird, but um, I saw that come out of her body, her soul, like that, then go back in. I says, wow, I saw your soul. Then I looked because I was sitting facing her. Then I looked around to the window, and from the window I saw meadows of, lush green grass growing into my lounge and at really rapid speed coming towards me and it was just like um it started small small from the window 
and then it just sprung out and started growing towards me, this lush green grass. And it um, pushed me out of the lounge and I was just concerned at getting back to my friends. Um, and I, I noticed as I was um, trapped out of the lounge, I was just outside of the doorway entrance of the lounge. It was like an embroidered sack in front of the store. And like when I try and push in, it would just mold around my body. And no matter how hard I tried, it wouldn't let me back into the lounge. So I sort of look down at the grass and I can see dew drops on top of the grass, beautiful dew drops. Um, it was a real lush fluorescent type color. And I just continued trying and trying to push in, but I, I only was able to push in to about there and it, and it just stopped me. And I believe that was the wall of my sin that was keeping me out of heaven. So the, the, the things I did wrong in this life created a wall which was impossible for me to cross on in the afterlife. And I didn't realize I was dead. So I didn't realize the seriousness of what I was in. I, I thought I was still alive at it hadn't really struck me, you know, some NDEs, they see their body and they realize, oh, wow, I'm dead, you know. Um, it, I don't know if it was because I was in fetal position that I couldn't see that it didn't really click on to me that I'm dead. And um, I think it probably would have helped if I had known, but I don't know how much it would have helped, but... You know, after trying to get, get in, I sort of gave up and I went towards that way and there was, uh, her boyfriend was in that part of the dining room and then my other friend, Steve, was in the kitchen and I looked and I saw a hole in the ground and in that hole was three gargoyle-type creatures. They were um, looking at me. One of them gaped their mouth at me, like they sort of turned their face to one side and they were making really horrible facial expressions, like with a wide, gaping mouth. And... I think that was the spirits that were responsible for the sin that I did on the earth. I'm not sure. But at that stage, you know, I become really concerned about this, this hole in the ground. And I was like, what are they? Oh, it was just, I didn't know they were demons. I'd never seen a demon. Um, I, I, wasn't sure when I died what was on the afterlife. I believed in reincarnation, so I really hadn't really read the Bible. 
and I hadn't known that these things actually um, existed like that. That, yes. So I went over to Steve and I sang, Steve, Steve, what's that hole in the ground? And he just was looking down and there was just no expression, like as if he um, didn't know I was there. No expression. And so I said it louder. I tried to yell it at him that, Steve, what's that hole in the ground? And there was still nothing, but I heard a thought in his mind. Um, and after that, I went um, back towards the hole and I heard a voice say, don't, don't go near that hole. And I backed, I was sort of backed against the wall, looking at this, this vortex in the ground and it was like a gray vortex and there was three demons. At this point, I saw the first demon that I saw. If you look at the castles and the gargoyles, it had a very rounded, wide type of face and it smiled and when it smiled its 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 smile took up the whole side of its face but it was sharp teeth like extremely pointed sharp sharp teeth and it smiled like i've got you and when that voice said to me behind me, don't go near that hole in the ground. It felt like a deer feeling. It felt like if I don't do this, I'm going to look like a coward. And I feel when I saw her boyfriend's face, he, he sort of smiled and looked towards that hole in the ground. And I think I got the impression that I'm still alive. I thought if I don't go and check out that hole, then um, I'll be seen as a coward. I don't know why I was thinking like this in the NDE. Like, I don't understand, but that's the way it was in my near-death experience, how I was experiencing things. And I felt like a rebellion, like a deer feeling come over me, and I just started running towards this vortex in the ground. And as... I came closer to check out what it was. I, a smell hit me of burning, rotting flesh. And the knowing came to me that what was down there was bodies that had been burning and rotting for thousands upon thousands of years. Like the smell and the decay, the death smell was so, so bad. It, it just hit my face. It was overwhelming. It was the most putrid stench like that I've ever smelt. You, you can't, it was like an evil smell. It's nothing on this earth that you can compare the, like the, what the experience of hell. And when that I smelt that rotting smell. I looked down 
and I saw a web and inside that web was these gargoyle creatures. They were all in the inside lining, like off the wall. And then I was just falling and I don't know if I was snatched or I fell in, but I was falling in the split second that I was falling. I looked up and I could see the light of earth, the beauty and the light of earth. And as I fell, I knew I had made the biggest mistake of my life and I'd left the only safety that my soul had on earth and I'd left my soul, uh, I mean, I left my body in that house on earth and I knew I had made the worst mistake of my life and I was falling and there was nothing I could do about it because I was, I was falling so fast and I just felt at that minute, it was like sharp dust hitting my face really, really fast, furiously. And I um, realized it was demons tearing, tearing away at my face. And I remember getting bitten by a snake, felt like a snake bite, and then I felt venom go through my body that was like so hot and it was burning it felt like acid and the pain in hell was so so bad because there's no pain barrier you have a soul body I think that's why it was so bad but it got so so painful that I thought it's got to stop here. Like the pain has to stop here on earth. You know, you get to a certain pain barrier and it stops, but this went way, way past that. It went way past that into torment. You know, it was just so bad, the pain in hell. And I remember scratch, like trying to slow myself down on the walls. And I came to and opening and I tried to climb up on that opening and I saw a door on my right hand and I saw a door on my left and it was like a little mound in the middle and there was like a little road behind and I don't know what that was. Um, I came to the first door and I opened it and there was a huge demon, a huge, huge creature. And that creature like had these eyes that looked like they had, it was like someone had pulled out its eyes and sort of tried to stick them back and they were bulging. And it was like looking at fury, like it, it was angry, like ready to tear apart and I just rem remember looking behind I saw a valley of demons like one next to the other like you see zombies in a pack and they were looking at the wall and I remember thinking it was totally packed with demons in there um I remember thinking 
I hope they didn't see me. Like I was, I, I was really hoping that somehow they didn't notice me. And with that, I tried to sneak away to the other door to try and get away. And no matter how hard I tried to open this door, like it would only open a crack and I just couldn't get in there. But I could see that once I saw what was inside, I knew like, yeah, no, because it was dead grey. It was dead mists. Like dead grey colours, mist in there. And at that I, I had feeling I have to I have to go. Um, what if he catches up with me? I just had the feeling get out of there and I started trying to get away. And when I tried to get away, sorry, someone is walking up and down the hallway. I just don't really want my kids to hear this because it's not very nice. I understand. Sorry. We'll okay. just wait for them to go. That's fine. Jim, would you mind giving me a drink of water? Oh, thank you. And um, as I was trying to get to where I climbed into, um, this demon caught up with me from behind. And it must have flung me down because I ended up lying on my back, looking up at this thing. And everything was like a dead type of color. It was either dark reds or dead greys, even the vortex was dead grey, I think in hell there's no colour because that's on earth and God is not there, <laughs> like I mean, nothing good on this earth I'm sorry about that. Okay, don't worry about it. Sorry. It's okay. I hope it's not my Wi-Fi. It's okay, don't worry about it. And um, uh, this demon, I mean, he was huge. And he just took his body and he lay on top of me and I was just being smothered. So there was um, nothing I could see except his body on me. And I was just in complete terror, abject terror. What is he doing to me? What is he going to do to me? And then he got up and I ran. I actually, I jumped back down the tunnel of hell because I was so terrified of him. I didn't even try and climb back, back up the tunnel. I jumped back down into hell to try and get away from him. As um, I'm falling, I actually pass through 
a burn. It was just suddenly I was passing through a burn. And I think it was as I was nearing the centre of the earth, I passed through the most horrifying burn, like being dipped into acid. It was really extremely corrosive and it just ate up my body. I, I, it, it just got so, so hot. I just didn't think, it, you know, that I, I thought, I, I remember feeling like this can't get any more hotter. You know, it was just, it was hotter than a furnace and I just felt myself melt. And I think I was passing through sulfur like a sulfuric burn because you know it does say that the the near the center of the earth is sulfur so i could have been burning in that really really hot sulfur and i thought i remember thinking is this hell and then um, I also before I died I remember talking to my friend and I remember saying to him do you think I'll go to heaven or hell and he said no you'll go to heaven if you die um, but as I passed through the sulfur burn I felt like I melted it just got hotter and hotter past the what you could any pain barrier where you would think it would stop it just got even more and more hotter was like pa passing through a furnace and a vat of acid. And like, as I fell further, I heard a scream, like a terrified scream from below me, which made me look down and I saw black volcanoes. As I, what was happening was I was nearing the entrance, the, the, the actual hell. And I went, fell in. And when I fell in, I remember trying to look for an opening, but it immediately it closed over top of my head. I looked down and I can see fire down the bottom of the inside of that cave. It was like I fell into the entrance of a cave and I was just, just hidden in there. And I thought, oh, maybe I can hide. But when I said, maybe I can hide, so I was so terror. I was, it was like complete terror took over who I was. Um, I, the years after this experience, after I came back to life. Yeah, I was traumatized for 12 years after this experience. And I think there was like slurping sounds in hell because I was traumatized by even people eating, like the sound of slurping or any sound like that. I would come under attack and I'd feel, I would smell the rotting smell, the stench, the rotting I would feel like the worms going through me and things would trigger it. Um, it was just, it was really, really bad for 12 years. You know, it was like I'd go through these cycles of being re-traumatized and I would feel choking 
So I know there was like choking in hell um, because there's no air in hell. I don't know if that's what, but there was a, like a suffocating and, um, yeah. So I remember saying as I, maybe I can hide, I was thinking, but it came out like I was yelling it out and it started echoing around hell. And immediately I saw a demon gatekeeper come by the gates of hell. I can see black gates and the cells were black and there was an outer darkness around the edge of the, the right, right back. Um, there was a rocky area past the gates and you had to walk through that. But I could see an outer darkness, which was terrified me. And when I saw that, darkness I just didn't want to go there it was terrifying and this demon come rushing hurrying over and I thought maybe I can run and I tried to sort of pass around I tried to run by him front wall and the cave wall behind me came alive and I was smashed like I was smashed up I went I'm sorry about this. It's okay. It's fine. I was smashed up and sorry, I was smashed up and back into the smashed into the back of the wall, which threw me bang down in front of the feet of this demon. I was on my face and it was like my soul and spirit would separate each from each other for me to be able to see my soul's own destruction. And I saw myself at that minute. I, at that moment when I looked down, I could see what looked like a bronze person planted face down like bronze, this, this color type bronze. Okay. And with really long eyelashes that like curled around and they were planted into the ground and no hair. It was like a bronze being and it was like I was seeing what my soul looked like. And this demon said, if you don't come with me, I'll skin your arms. And I said, um, I, I thought, are you kidding me? And and he, he sort of looked down like, yes. And next thing, I had a demon on my left side skinning my arm. And I was, uh, he was sort of explained to me how he's going to skin my arm. And then as after he was finished, he said, you have to look. And I was desperately trying to look away because it was terrifying to me what was happening. And when I, I looked, what I can see is the inside of my tendons. I can see all my tendons sticking out. And I could see that my body was blue. So at this stage, what I was seeing that my hell body, as I had walked into hell, and I also felt myself shrink, um, which was a bit weird. 
but I remember seeing that my whole body like was blue and I can see my tendons and at this point I just gave up. Did you feel pain? At that point I didn't. I don't know why that was. Why didn't I feel pain at that stage? Um, before I felt incredible excruciating pain Um, at this stage I can't remember that it hurt I was looking the other way and trying to um, not focus on what he was doing I was scared of it you know Um, I just saw that he had skin my arm I can see the tendons and I just gave up um, I got drawn like a magnet after this demon towards the darkness. We climbed like a sort of a step and we came to a cell, which the one beside it, I noticed it had Roman numerals, like, you know, the XV11. I saw those that on over top at the top of the cell. I then was, t- and I can't quite remember where I went into the cell. I just remember that I was in the cell and then he stood up against the darkness. He said, I will be back to torture you soon. And it actually, the, the way he said that is exactly something I went through as a child on earth Um, someone had said, I'll be back to murder you soon. And it was uncanny to me that in my near-death experience, this demon had said nearly the same sentence as something I went through on earth. And um, he disappeared into the darkness, into the back of hell. And then I was left alone and my soul was trying to terrified every second thinking, when is my torture session? Um, When is he going to come back? I was terrified. I was trying to get in between the bars and I found a mock key and I tried it in the lock. And each time I turned the key, I heard a brick against brick, um, I'm sorry. I'll I'll try and come closer to the Wi-Fi. Okay. Um. So I heard a brick against brick scraping sound every time I turned the key in the lock. It, it actually got me somewhere, and I heard as if you you put concrete together and it goes. So I heard that and I thought, oh, wonderful. I'm getting somewhere. Maybe, you know, I'll get out of this thing. And um, all of a sudden I realized that actually I'd gotten myself into a trap. So I was teetering over the edge of a black pit and in front of me was a darkness. And I thought, this is dangerous. This is not a good idea. And so I stopped trying to turn the key 
And I remember looking around a bit and I saw this, you know, the side of a cave before me was the darkness. And then around me, I was in a big black pit. And on my right, I could see like earth, what I thought was earth, which later on I actually realized this wasn't earth I was seeing. It was like a beautiful lush garden and just everything in me wanted to go back there, back to earth. And I just, everything in me was wishing that I could be back there, but I knew you've blown your one chance on earth. It's over. You're stuck in eternity here forever. The one chance you had, you blew it. So that was, and, and I can feel this is going to go on forever. There was no such thing as time anymore. And I can, I was in that darkness looking at it. And I says, I remember clutching the bars and saying, God, please help me. And I remember waiting for a bit and there was nothing and there was no hope. You weren't able to hope in hell. And I just sort of gave in. Then I heard arguing with, someone was arguing really loudly with like a, sounded like a demons arguing with someone. And then they were arguing for my soul. Then I heard it isn't her time yet. And at that point, death sort of took over my soul and I got another flash like my soul separating from my spirit to be able to see my own destruction. And like I, I, I saw that this darkness, death, had started spreading. I had no eyeballs. It was like the, the darkness, the outer darkness, the death there had gone inside me and was tormenting me. And it was starting to spread outwards through my body and I was in an excruciating torment and it, it was like I was dying. I can't really explain what I was feeling, but I know it was horrible. The whole um, feeling in hell is Imagine if you had been violated by someone and you can't wash the filth off you. You know, no matter how much you shower, you can't wash it off you. If you multiply that filth feeling like a billion times, um, that's what it feels like with worms crawling through you. And I think for me, the eternity, the feeling of eternity being lost forever and that filth feeling of constantly being violated. But it was, it was awful. It was like nothing I can explain on this earth. And I lived with that feeling for years after I came back to life. 
I wasn't the same and it took me 12 years to recover from the trauma of it. Um, so after that, Jesus came and unlocked my cell. He says, I heard a gentle voice. I've come to get you out. And everything become illuminated. I could, um, I could see the cells. He let me out and I just sort of fell through the front of the cell because it opened that way. Um, the cells seem to open that, yeah, I, I don't understand it, but it's if he, as if he went around the back and opened it and I fell through the front, so I don't understand that. But that's how it, that cell opened. I, what happened next was I saw row upon row upon row of black cells. I could see how illuminated the darkness had fled in the presence of the light. It seems that the darkness flees and I saw a rocky cavernous area in the front of me and all the way as far as the eye could see cell after cell after cell after cell, but those cells were empty. I don't know why, but they were empty and, um, I sort of walked out and I looked back one last time. I remember going around a bend and I saw um, someone burning in a cell. You know, in the doctor's office, you see those um, dummies. They just have the eyeballs and the muscle no skin, no fat, and that's what I saw before me um, was a lady with just the eyeballs or after her, that was my grandma, and I have to add that um, Two weeks after my NDE, after I came back to life, is when I got a letter from my mum saying that uh, my nana had passed away. So I got a letter from overseas because she lived in Hungary and she part. I've we had a shared NDE and we both went to hell at the same time. So she had that died I while find you were having your quite NDE. Quite intriguing that people can have. Yeah, she died of old age. And when the, uh, yeah, when her fat, her skin regenerated and grew back, I noticed it was my grandma and she was mouthing to me, help. And I went uh, running towards her cell and I just sort of, uh, climbed up on her cell and just trying to pull the bars and trying to get her out and I couldn't and then I heard a voice behind me and I hadn't seen Jesus till after this which I'll explain in a minute but everything became illuminated but I didn't yet see him but I heard a voice and the voice the voice said I have the keys I, first he said sorry you 
can't get her out. And I felt like, uh, I just felt uh, my head just dropped and I felt hopeless. I felt so horrible for her that I didn't want this to be her fate. And I was really worried because how can I leave? (laughs) How can you leave your... (laughs) Your grandma, yeah. Family in hell, yeah. Is she someone you would think that would go to hell? I mean, is she um, a bad person? She was, um, went twice a day to, she was like rescued orphans in the war and she actually went to church, Catholic church twice a day. Um. Was it, oh no, sorry, once a day, I think. Was it once a day? Yeah. In the afternoon, just remember them saying, and sometimes I think she did go more than once. She was very, very religious, um, but uh, she may not have been born again. Um, Because we all have sin in our lives. And I I myself believe that you do have to cry out to Jesus for help in order for that wall to be taken down from in front of heaven. Um, That's my belief. Um, She's religious but not loving or strict or something? um, She did. She smacked her grandchildren. Sorry, Grandma. (laughs) I shouldn't be telling people. But I do remember as a kid, you know, but she really stuck by her family. She cooked beautiful meals for her family. She went to church. She rescued orphans in the war. Like, I mean, if you could get someone that tried by works to get to heaven, she did. I mean, uh, I really think, like, she had one husband that she stayed with, and when he died, she never got remarried. Like, she tried to live, I think, a Christian life, but they she worshipped the Virgin Mary and uh, um, probably is going to a Catholic church. Um, I mean, she would give them a smack on the bottom if they were naughty, but no, I, I don't think she was like violent or anything like that way, violent, um, mean, but she tried to obey the commandments. She didn't like it if people had sex out of marriage, like I remember her really hating that. Um, but she she ended up there. I don't know for what exact reasons. Um, um, those reasons I've given, she didn't seem to be an evil person or anything, like um, over the league. You know, she wasn't a murderer or a, anything like that. Um, sorry, <laughs> got cramp. Um, but um, Jesus let her out and she came around and she held my hand and a, on the edge of hell, a garden opened up. A, be- a beautiful garden. It had trees on both sides and a pathway. And the minute we stepped foot, into that garden a blinding light came out and it was blinding light was coming out of the flowers the trees everything and every step 
was like a refreshment come rushing through the grass and refreshed me. It was like a rush. Um, yeah, it was like a crystalline rush of fresh energy. And I can even hear the sound underneath my feet as my feet sank into the grass. And I, we took some steps and it was just an amazing feeling. And then she stopped and said, and I felt I, I don't have the merit to go on. I don't have the merit to be in here. And I can't go in on my own merit is what I was being conveyed by heaven. <laughs> um, but Jesus had been kind enough to give me that experience, I think because of the horrifying experience that I had gone through. And um, um, I got, I, I was, um, think I may have tried to scratch her hand. I, I said, why? And, yeah, I was quite stressed out. It was very stressful for me to go back into the unknown because of what I had just come through. I think it really terrified. It, it gave me a scare that I had to go back. And then the wall, a wall, the minute I did that to her, it was like there's not, there's no bad in heaven therefore it just locked me out bang immediately I was locked out um there was a wall suddenly a wall before my face and I found myself back out in the corridor entrance of the edge of hell of and before and I'm really sorry about that, Peggy. I'm sorry I got cut off again. Um, to my right, I saw um, a ball of bronze fire. And this fire was like refined bronze. And there was lots and lots of little f flames making up this bronze fire, but it was sparkling. Um, it had a real beautiful look about it, not like a fire that will burn you. It was really a pretty fire, you know. Um, and through the fire, I saw in his right hand, the fire started to subside. I saw stars in his right hand. And I was wondering, what are those stars, you know? <laughs> um Yeah, I'd never seen a flaming man before. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I think it, it was actually um, quite traumatising because you don't see things like this on earth and then suddenly you're thrust into a supernatural world of, wow, <laughs> you know, it's either really, really bad 
or it's really, really good, you know. There's no in-between, and we're used to normality on Earth. We're used to this um, just normality, you know. No out there wow, <laughs> you know, nothing like that. So it's quite a shock for suddenly your soul to be plunged into this type of world. Um, and... I saw Jesus and as the flame subsided, I saw he had jet, really jet black hair. And I saw him in his glorified form. Later, later on, I had read the Bible and found what he looks like in the song of Solomon, jet black hair. Uh, there's a song about him, the fairest of 10,000. Um, I didn't find all of this tool later on because I wasn't a Christian then, but feet are refined bronze. And that the stars were the churches. He holds the churches in his hands. So it sort of explained to me what I had seen then. But his, um, he had like, um, horseshoe mo moustache but it was perfectly groomed like there everything about him was immaculate meticulate um, perfect perfection his skin was like like his face was like lightning it was that color and his skin like ivory the light that came out of him was like lightning. But what I, what I first saw was he's looking down very serious because he was getting ready to do a judgment. And he did a, um, he looked down very seriously. And the more I looked at him, the more and more beautiful he became. Like he was the perfect man. God, <laughs> but he was perfection, and the more I looked at him, the more beautiful he became to the point where I, I said, wow, he's so handsome, and the minute I said that, I was sort of blown back and sort of placed, standing, facing that way, and onto my side, he just, just got on with it, and he was looking at a reel. It looked like a film reel, but I didn't get to see that film reel. He just reviewed the reel, and then he suddenly started coming over, smiling a huge smile, breaking forth in lights, and he was just full of, of, of joy over me. Um, he had lightning flashes of like lights just breaking forth out of his face out of every part of his being till bef uh, there was such a blinding light it was almost like I was having to turn my face I was it was being pushed to the side and I was trying to talk to him and he was trying to talk to me about my life but I couldn't look at him because he was so bright and also my feet hit 
my knees, both of my knees hit the ground so, so hard. I could hear them. Like I actually heard my knees hit the ground, both of them. And I was before him and he was flashing blinding lights and he turned down the light so I can talk to him. And he tried to show me the infinity sign, which goes around and then joins back in like that, was coming out of both sides of him in a lightning-coloured light. He was trying to show me I'm the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. I have no beginning. Um, He was trying to show me I am eternity, Um, that I have no beginning or end. I feel that's what he was trying to convey to me, that I am God, but none of this clicked to me because I'd never learned the Bible. I had never really studied much on the afterlife. I like was involved in being a Hare Krishna. Um, but it, when I was a Hare Krishna, I, I heard an audible voice saying, you put no, put no other God before me. And so I left the Hare Krishnas um, You know, there's points in my life I heard his voice, but I really didn't know who Jesus was. I'd never read or knew anything about him. I didn't know that this is God. Like, I think it was all such a shock to me. It took me, my death, like, was quite a surprise, a shock. Um, I didn't know. I I wasn't able to put it all together and what was happening to me. but he sent me um, back to earth. And as it was like I fell out of something that at that stage was held up in the sky. Because when I came out of that area, I saw my house. I was falling from the sky, sort of floating slower this time. Um, I was coming towards a tree and I came through the top of my roof was I went through a timber and as I, my, my, my face passed before the timber, I just saw wood. It was like I was going through wood. Then I was above a doorway, just floating above the doorway, and I heard complete panic. Call the ambulance, call the police. My friend, my close friend, was nearly crying. What they were actually getting ready to do was to ring the morgue to take my body away. So I got such a shock because I felt the urgency of what had happened that I had died, um, that it was practically the end for me. I just felt an urgency um, that, that this was quite serious, what was happening now. And it gave me a bit of a shock, which shocked me back into my body. And I remember waking up and saying, he got me out, he got me out. And I was just frantic all I could know 
to do was say he got me out. Um, you know, then I died a second time and I saw the vortex of hell coming towards me. And that I was same begging. Night or? Yeah. I was dying because the drugs were so much in my system that I was having trouble to stop stopping from, I was having trouble staying in my body because my body was poisoned, you know? So when I got back in my body, um, I was dying again. And I practically, I begged for my life. I says, please, please make it go away. This is too much. I can't handle this, please. I was sort of saying to God, just please. I think I was begging to just please overlook this one. Please, please forgive me. You know, I can't handle it. This is just too much. I can't handle how, you know. Um, but what I was thinking was, please, please make it go away. This is too much. I can't handle this. But I think behind my begging, I was trying to just invoke the mercy of my creator to just please don't let this happen. <laughs> you know, um, because I felt the horror coming towards me again. And this time when I came back to life, I came back to life roaring, like from the horror of it all, I came back to life roaring, demonically roaring. And the the horror of, of it was, in, you know, hell is something no one can handle it's not made for a human soul when you go there this has been stacked up to be as bad as bad as what a demon can handle um our bodies aren't made to handle that level of torment that's why it says it's not made for man because it's stacked up the torment is stacked up to be as horrific as for a demonic fallen angel you know, it's not made for us. Um, it's made for horrifying beings. So um, I came back to life roaring because there was a fight. There was a fight for my soul. The devil was trying to murder my soul. So when I came back to life this time, I stayed alive. But... Um, I become extremely traumatized from the experience to the point where I was looking to find a way out of my trauma. I was looking for spiritual answers to find a way out of my trauma um, as best way I can explain it. And I think to this day that an angel came to me. Um, an angel, a, a friend took me to this house, right? When I asked him, where is this lady? They said, what lady? They hadn't seen a lady, so I really believe it was an angel. But the, that, this angel told me Jesus' name is the most powerful name in the universe above every power. Um, if you cry out to him for help, have you tried to cry out to him for help? And this is what the angel told me and I did and I had an amazing vision but when they tried to find this being they couldn't find this they yeah they said what lady 
So I think God had sent an angel because I had Christian friends, but no one told me about how I can save my soul. I, I had people that could have told me, but no one told me about how, how to go on my right path, how to be saved for the afterlife. And he actually in the end sent an angel. I believe he had to send an angel because no one else, I, I, that's the way I was meant to find out. No one else told me. And um, after that, I felt like a whole complete new creation. I felt like I'd been given a new start. And for the first time, I felt invigorated and alive. I was still dealing with the trauma, but everything felt new and refreshed. And, yeah, I didn't feel dead on the inside. I didn't have that hole. Um, I'd been filled up. had been filled up was his presence, yeah. So was the time you started to go so, back um, to hell, was that short? My story. Was that short in comparison when you started to go back to and compared to what you just went through? Yes. Yes, it took, it was fast. It was pretty fast. It was just, I came down, but I, as I came down, I could see that it was like I was looking through tears. It was like um, everything looked so beautiful to what I had seen it before on earth. But it was like I was looking through tears, like I, I had been crying. And then I went down to my roof and suddenly I came through the boards and I saw the boards as if my soul went through the middle of the timber boards that held up the roof. And then I was floating above my body. I still don't understand why I wasn't resuscitated. And it could have taken quite a long time by the time they did my other friend found my body it could have been quite a while i don't know um but i have affected memory quite bad so because if of I'm this? Under any type of i'm not sure if it's because of this um i think i i mean i have um have connective tissue disorder um I get quite ill lately, so it could be related to my illness, but I, I did after that, I had real trouble with remembering things that I should remember after, because they didn't take me to an ambulance, like they didn't get me help after. They tried to cover it over, so they I heard them saying, don't tell her, don't tell her, and then they just took me out to party like yeah wow. they, they all yeah just yeah it had a really bad effect on me though you know how about the memory of really the experience have you had trouble remembering it or is it separate from your memory problem 
No, um, it just um, seemed to get clearer with time. So I actually, I remembered it, but I pushed it away. I didn't want to. It was too horrifying for me for a long time to cope with because I was still coping with the post-traumatic stress. And every time I would get, remember it, I would push it away. So I remember asking, um, yeah, that I just wanted to forget about it, so I didn't want to. So I, it was there, but I kept pushing it away. So I didn't want to deal with it. All right. Did you know what an NDE was at that time? Did you know this is a near-death experience or did you just not understand it? Um, I don't think I fully understood um, till later um, what had happened because I was so busy dealing with my post-traumatic stress and the horror that I was going through it. I hardly survived that. It was really um, a battle from day to day for me to survive the symptoms of what I was going through. Which was, um, I'm sorry, what was you going through? I'm sorry. Um, severe post-traumatic stress. I was experiencing what I experienced in hell for 12 years. Oh. Uh, panic attacks. I would be choking. I'd collapse on the road. I couldn't breathe. Um, I couldn't go into public places. I felt worms crawling through me. I felt rotting. I smelt rotting flesh, waves of rotting flesh smell coming over me. Um, as I went about my day, I couldn't wash the filth off in the shower. I was going through that from day to day. I was put on heavy, I was put on diazepam, everything. I was an absolute wreck. Um, so for you years had PTSD. Because of your NDE? Yes, uh, could have been that. I was also weeks before I was sexually violated. So um, it could have been the, hay, the, the, the straw that broke the back of the camel, so to speak. But okay. it was very largely to part because now I um, think about it, I, you know, what I was smelling was hell. All of those years, the attacks I was getting, I was, I was re-experiencing what I experienced in hell. So large part of it could have been, yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, imagine trying to sit still when you can feel worms crawling all over your legs and all all over your you. You know. When um, was you able I, to start I, talking about it? Mm -hmm. When were you able to start talking about you, this experience? Was you able to right away tell people what happened? Um, no, I didn't talk about it till years later. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I kept remembering it, but I would push it away. I didn't want to know about it because what I'd been through was so horrifying when um, I was 
a, a lot more well and I wasn't feeling those symptoms as when I was able to actually remember properly and think um, I was able to go over it, over it without being traumatized by it. Um, I feel like once I got the healing, I was able to go over it without feeling getting attacked by the rotting flesh smell, you know, all of those symptoms because that um, would set things off. So I had to just concentrate on getting well. And then I was much later, um, I decided to talk about it because I felt God gave me this experience um, for a reason um, that maybe I can help some someone by telling someone about what I had been through that it might put someone on, it might help someone to find their right path in life that they won't go there. I don't want anyone to experience what I experienced. So I feel God allowed that to happen, that other people won't go to hell. Um, that it might save someone else from experiencing what I experienced. And hopefully my story might help someone else who's going through PTSD or having a bad effect from an NDE that there's hope at the end of the tunnel that there is healing that they can come through it um, that it's not forever and that to give some hope to, to people and also to hopefully um, help someone that they won't go there <laughs> Because I lived my life thinking, you know, it was I was okay, but that really I lived my my life, you know, thinking, you know, I'm an okay person, <laughs> like, um, and I went to hell. So, um, my nana, she she tried all her life, she ended up in hell. So I'm just hoping that my story may be able to help someone else you know if it will help one person then well it would have counted then <laughs> but yeah I mean do you come to my understanding now like why you went to hell I mean what do you think um I me sitting here talking about hell I can't explain to you can't explain to you the horror of what I went through. I can um, can understand unless they've been through it themselves. What? But I mean, by like, why? Like, why did I go to hell? You know, like, have you found an answer to that? Like, because uh, you weren't. Um, people go to hell. Um, I believe people can go to hell for even if they've told a lie, I believe you actually have to cry out to Jesus for help to have the cross joined into the timeline of your life. And then his sacrifice washes away your sin, washes away the wall that was between you and God, because we all do something wrong. 
it's possible to go to hell as a good person, you know. And ultimately, God judges, you know. Um, we can't judge, but I do believe um, sin's dangerous to our soul. The only thing that can wash it away is the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. So when you cry out to Jesus for help, he joins a cross. Because our timeline of our life is like a line. And like if you get married to anyone else, their line gets joined in with yours and becomes one. Um, when he joins the cross into that line, it washes it like silver. So it actually, before you have that cross in there, it is like ink shot into water. That's what it looks like. After you have the cross, it continuously washes away for the rest of your life your sin, and he helps you to lead a better life. Hi, say hi. You want some mommy time, Dan? <laughs> well, thank you so much Sorry. for coming on and sharing your story. Is there anything else you want to add? I know you got to watch what you say in front of your daughter. Um. Um, thank you for having me on. Um, welcome. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I'm sorry I took so long. I've just yeah. been so busy and I get really tired sometimes. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. All right. Well, enjoy your life. Enjoy that little cutie back there. And thank you for coming on. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Hi, thank you. Oh.